Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon is preached on August 27, 2023 on the basis of Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Our sermon text for today from Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What about you? He asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours, through Jesus alone. Amen. So Jesus asked the disciples a simple question, who do people say that I am? Disciples had heard a lot about Jesus. There were all kinds of hypotheses floating around out there about who people thought Jesus was and what his purpose was for being here. It was kind of hard to get around Jesus at that time. His notoriety kind of made it so you had to make a decision. You kind of had to decide what you were going to make of this, of this Jesus fellow. But because there were so many different hypotheses out there, uh, there were a lot of mixed opinions about who this Jesus was. And so Jesus asks the disciples a simple question. Who do people say that I am? The disciples answered honestly. They said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, uh, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And, and honestly, those aren't bad guesses. <laughs> If, they were, if the people were seeing things that Jesus were doing and were, were remembering the Old Testament scriptures, there were a lot of similarities. Old Testament prophets, they spoke the word of God. Right? They relayed the word of God to people. They were God's mouthpieces. And, and many times, some of those prophets were, were allowed to do miraculous things by the, the power of God. And many people saw Jesus doing similar things. So kind of a, a correct deduction would have been, well, he must be a, a prophet. Right? Undoubtedly, there were a lot more opinions about Jesus even at that time. We get one from, from Scripture, another one from Scripture, where we see that people were kind of hoping that Jesus would be this military leader that would, would lead the Jewish people against the Romans, would oust Romans from the promised land, and would restore the kingdom of Israel to what it once was back at the time of, of David and, and, and Solomon. Those probably weren't the only, only opinions about who Jesus was or what he might be or what his purpose was for being here at that time. But one thing becomes clear as we, we look at the Bible and as we look at, at church history throughout the, the years is that ever since Jesus began his ministry, misperceptions and misconceptions of Jesus have abounded even to today. So it's good for us as Christians who claim Christ's name, uh, to, to evaluate. What do we think about 
Jesus? What are the thoughts that creep into our heads about who this Jesus is and, and who we want him to be? So, so that's a good question to ask. What kind of Jesus do you want? Some people want the political Jesus. The Jesus who's going to take over the government. He's going to, he's going to perfect the systems and the processes and he's going to get everything going in a, in a good direction. Jesus for president. I suppose the, the, the people that think that, they, they probably wouldn't think that Jesus is going to come back and actually assume the role of president, but they are looking to Jesus to restore their cities, to restore their states, to restore their country, to restore their world, essentially to bring heaven to earth. If that's the Jesus you want, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Could Jesus certainly have done all of those things? Absolutely. He has the power to do all of those things. But this is the very Jesus who in Scripture said, my kingdom is not of this world. Who, who repeatedly said, the earth is passing away. That, that before that last day, things will get worse and worse and, and worse, not, not better. This is the Jesus who inspired the Apostle Paul to write, the earth in its present form is passing away. So if you are looking for God to save, the, save everything through the government, uh, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. So, what kind of Jesus do you want? Some want Jesus the moral teacher. Jesus who's going to help instill those morals in my child. Teach them right from wrong. Help my children behave better, and, and not, just, not just children, but adults too. That, that Jesus would teach adults how to, to live and function properly in society so we'll have a, a more peaceful, more moral world. If that's the Jesus that you want, that's not the Jesus of the Bible either. Are, is morality important? Is right from wrong important? Is the law important? Absolutely. But Jesus didn't come to, to show you how to save yourself on the basis of the law. He never emphasizes the law in that respect. He came to do something different with the law. He said this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So if you're, if you're looking for Jesus to give you the behavioral steps to save yourself or to save this world, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. So, what kind of Jesus do you want? Do you want genie Jesus? That's a little crass, uh, crass way of describing that, but some people do. They want genie Jesus, the Jesus who gives them whatever they want, whenever they want. They want Jesus to be their servant, not their master. They, they expect that Jesus is going to be the one that's going to make them happy and comfortable and successful in this life. Genie Jesus is somewhat similar to always accepting Jesus. Some people want Jesus to be the, the always accepting Jesus, the one who, no, if it makes you happy, if, it, what's, it's, if, it, what, if it's what makes you feel fulfilled in this life, well, then Jesus must approve of it, or at least understand. If that's the Jesus that you want, again, that's not the Jesus of the, the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible has a much different message for, for us. He says on repeated occasions that, we as Christians, as people who bear his name, will have to pick up a cross and follow him. A cross, uh, mind you, is not, not pleasant, right? And in, many times in the same sentence when he says, you're going to have to bear a cross, 
he also says, you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. You're going to have to do things that go against your natural desires. Here, here are his exact words. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. If you want the genie Jesus, the always accepting Jesus, may I suggest that you don't really want Jesus at all. You want to be the God of your own life, and that's not the God of the, the Bible. You, you kind of get the idea now. Um, we could probably keep going, right? There's a lot of different characterizations of Jesus, a lot of different ways. We, yes, we treat Jesus or think about Jesus, my, myself included. We may not be so crass to call him genie Jesus or, or always accepting Jesus, uh, but we sometimes act, speak, think about Jesus in, in a different way than what's in the, the Bible. We're often guilty of these things as well. And if we don't regularly see Jesus as he actually is, if we don't regularly drink in Scripture and, and see Jesus as he actually presents himself in Scripture, then at, at the very least, we're going to lose our comfort and at the most, our salvation, as the, the Romans passage said today. The, the truth is, any Jesus that we think we could come up with in our own head, right? Any Jesus that you think that you want that's different than the Jesus of Scripture is a poor substitute. The Jesus that's presented in the Bible is, is the greatest Jesus that you could ever have. This is the Jesus that came to save you from your sin. Long-promised Messiah. The one that, that God had promised from the foundations of the, the world. He had promised to send his son to save us from our sins. And, and, and all throughout the Old Testament, he, he, he uh, reminded us of that promise through his prophets, that his anointed one would, would come on a mission. And his mission would be the cross, to live a perfect life, to keep that law. Remember, he's going to fulfill the law. He's not going to show us how to do it. He's going to fulfill the law on our behalf, be our substitute, give his life as the perfect sacrifice on the cross and rise from the dead. When Peter makes his confession, he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And when Peter says Messiah, he, he, is, he is indicating that he believes that Jesus is the long-promised one, the one that the prophets in the Old Testament were all talking about. So Jesus isn't just another prophet. He's not John the Baptist. He's not Elijah. He's not Jeremiah or any other prophet. He is the one the prophets were talking about. He is the Messiah, the anointed one. He believes that, that Jesus is God in the flesh and that he was sent by God on a mission. Look at what Jesus commend, how Jesus commends Peter. He says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Simon's another name for Peter here. Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. This wasn't something Peter could come to on his own. This had to be revealed to him by the Father. But it was revealed to him by the Father, and he was able to make this wonderful confession of faith. Now, if you had your like, Bible app open, you were, you were to continue to read in Matthew chapter 16, you'll, you'll notice that Peter doesn't quite get all of it yet. So this is an awesome confession that, that, that he says that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. But Peter did not yet know or accept that Jesus needed to die on the cross and rise from the dead. That, that would come later. The Holy Spirit, as revealed from the Father, would, would work in Peter's heart, and Peter would know that not only is Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the living God, 
But Jesus is also the one who came to suffer and to die and to rise to take away his sins. The Jesus of the Bible is not the political Jesus, the moral teacher, the genie Jesus, or the excessively tolerant Jesus. He is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And and believing hearts believe in Jesus as he actually is, the Jesus who came to save you from your sins and unlock the key to heaven, or unlock the door to heaven for you. By forgiving your sins, he has opened the doors of of heaven for you, and he uh, he has created this great foundation for your life and a great foundation for the church, built on his grace, built on his forgiveness. You know, just like people have all kinds of uh, thoughts and nuances to how they think about Jesus, they also have a whole lot of uh, thoughts and nuances uh, as to how they think about the church. Some people want this feature in a church. Other people want that quality in a church. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times we, we can think of church like we think of any other business or any other service. How is this church going to serve me? And, and does this church have things that I like or that, that I want? You know, God has something different uh, in his priority list when it comes to, to the church. The church that God wants is the church that's built on the foundation of Peter's confession. He said that, right? You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. On Peter's confession, the church is to be built. That Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus, God wants a, a church that is built on Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God wants a, a church who, who, who makes it its responsibility to help people to know Jesus better and to help people to grow to trust Jesus in a, in a deeper way. God wants a church that connects people to the, the power source of his grace that, that is through his word, that is through his, his sacrament like baptism or by the Lord's Supper. God wants a church that faithfully proclaims his word in its truth and purity. God wants a church that extends the forgiveness of sins to people freely. This is, this is what he said. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's what he's given to the church. We, we talked about that a little bit in the children's devotion, right? On confession, absolution. That's where we practice as a church what Jesus is saying. When we, when we stand and we, we confess our sins, we are unloading that, that guilt that is weighing us down. We're unloading that burden and we're putting it on Jesus. And what Jesus says uh, is that the church, he has given the church the responsibility to loose, to loose those sins, set you free, to, to, get, to unlock the chains of sin that bind you so that you are no longer weighed down by uh, a weight heavier than this ream of paper over here, so that you are light as a feather because Jesus has forgiven you, he set you free. Are there other aspects of the church that are important? Is it important that uh, when somebody walks in the doors, they see uh, a smiling face? Is it important that we have uh, warm, friendly conversations here at church? Is it important that we strive for excellence in our our music and that we have good coffee? Uh, Is it important that uh, a church fulfills some some wants and needs of yours? Absolutely. But once you know the Jesus of the Bible, 
as he actually presents himself, you know a few things. You know just how badly you need his grace. You, you know that you want, to learn, you want to learn more about him. You want to grow to trust him more deeply. You know that the church and your life is built on the foundation of Jesus. And when that starts to happen, when you start to know Jesus says he actually is, your will becomes aligned with the will of God. You want what God wants. You want that the church would be the place that you receive his grace. In not only the confession and absolution, but in baptism and in holy communion. You want the church to be a place where members uh, practice that, that grace-filled relationship as we extend forgiveness to one another and make that a practice among us. You want the church to be a place where you can learn about Jesus and grow to trust him more deeply. It's my prayer, and I hope all of our prayer here together, that this church can be that place. God grant it. Amen. Hey, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Hey, could you do us a favor? Could you hit like or, or subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast? That really helps us get seen by more people so that more people might hear about Jesus and, and hear the same message that you're hearing. We hope you, you come back and, and enjoy a, another sermon next week. God bless.